0: This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the third Sunday of Lent, the 4th of March. I wonder how many of the seven deadly sins you could list. Most people think of the obvious ones, lust and anger. But there's also pride, envy, greed, gluttony and sloth. It seems that in modern Britain today, the overriding principle in the moral life and in the minds of the general populace is simply the principle that you avoid doing harm to others because most people think that all of the other vices are nothing worse than just having a bit of fun. Contemporary man sees doing wrong often solely in terms of outcomes. The private sphere is mine to command exactly as I like, and in the public sphere I've only to avoid doing harm to others. But when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he gave them for all people and for all time. They are, if you like, the Maker's instructions, because by following them we will function as we were made to. So ignore them, or trivialise them, at our peril. And lists are important, be it the Commandments the virtues and the vices, because they provide a framework in which we can examine our spiritual lives. One analysis of our current situation in Western Europe, which was observed by St. Pope John Paul II, is that we've suffered a loss of the sense of sin because we've suffered a loss of a sense of God. Sometimes the accusation is levelled against Catholics that we're obsessed with sin, and that being a Catholic gives you a sense of guilt, about doing wrong, but every human being knows when they commit sin that it's wrong, especially if someone lies or someone murders or someone commits adultery. It's not just a Catholic thing. And why wouldn't we be concerned about sin since the whole of the redemption and salvation is about being pulled away from the devastating effect that sin can have in our lives and in the world. It is why Jesus died on the cross if you count the number of times references made to sin in the ordinary parts of the mass it's something like 12 times apart from the times when it might be heard in the readings and in the proper prayers which change from week to week this tells us that sin is a fundamental issue for the christian as it was for the jews before us whatever it is that humanity worships will be the god whether it be the gods of the ancients or the allures of wealth, power, pleasure, and honour, that will influence how we live the moral life. The God or gods in whom we place our ultimate concern will direct our lives and determine our choices. And the Bible calls humanity over and over again to let go of its attachment to false gods and to embrace the worship of the one true God. We might take that to interpret Christ's action in regard to the money-changers in the Jerusalem Temple. This action is traditionally referred to as the cleansing of the Temple. That dramatic scene portrays Christ entering the sacred centre of Israel's culture and worship and at the height of the Jewish year, the Feast of Passover. Christ our Lord then creates a real to-do because he finds the Temple not to be a house of prayer, but a marketplace. He turns over the tables of the money changers, disrupts the trade in animals for sacrifice, and cleans the place out. This tells us of the aversion Jesus had, and has, of using religion as a means to gain material benefit. Even more important is that Jesus wants to purify us, so that, as St Paul says, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. This means that we... Will only find happiness and integration in the measure that we become personally a place where God lives and where He is first. So Christ has come not only to cleanse the temple of Jerusalem, but the temple of your own body, your own life. The Lord Jesus comes into your life expecting to find a place ordered to the worship of the one true God, but what He finds is a marketplace. What does that mean? It means that Christ finds a place where things other than God have become primary. To bring such idolatry closer to our cultural experience, we have to ask, how much of my life is given over to materialism, commercialism, or the accumulation of things? What rivals to the one true God have you allowed to invade? the sacred space of your soul, the four classic temptations, wealth, pleasure, power and honour. How are these things enshrined in the temple of our own heart? The temple cleansing is a memorable image of such power. It's not simply about the corruption of religious institutions or materialism, but about the Christ who comes to teach each one of us to rid the temple of our own body, of the idols to which we foolishly give in power and pride of place. So these are good reminders for us now as we approach the halfway point of Lent. Do I live by faith, by living by the Ten Commandments and avoiding the deadly sins and the lukewarmness that leads to them? Am I always in pursuit of goodness and virtue? Am I using this season to cleanse the temple of my body, which is the dwelling place? Of God's Holy Spirit. Let us turn to Mary and ask her to obtain for us the grace to become what we have been chosen to be. Let us pray. O God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving have shown us a remedy for sin, look graciously on this confession of our lowliness, that we who are bowed down by our conscience, may always be lifted up by your mercy. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.